I can worship God in my car. I can worship God alone. I can do all that. But I love coming in here and corporate worship. I don't know about you guys. It just lifts my spirit because, you know, there's times when the enemy tries to make you feel like you're alone. <laughs> but when you come into corporate worship, you look around, and you're not alone, amen? That, that God has a whole mighty body of people. It says everywhere, everywhere. There are people just like me and you that are praising God. And the enemy tries to make it some small thing, but it's really a great large thing. God has a great body. I said a great body that is praising up his name. Don't you, don't you get stuck up in that this is all it is, is us. Amen? But all over the world, there's people like me and you, and they're lifting up the names of Jesus. They're running, and they're dancing, and they're shouting, and they're giving God glory. Because all over the world, there's people that know of the goodness of Jesus. Amen. And all over the world, people have the joy of the Lord. Come on. Sometimes the enemy will make us feel like we're just here all by ourselves singing our songs. But you know what? All over the world, there are people just like us praising the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm glad to be part of that body. How about y'all? I'm glad. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for what you've done thus far, God. We thank you, God, that when we get into your presence, oh God, everything else seems small, God. When we get into your presence, really there, God, everything gets right back in right perspective. That you are the king. You are the Lord of lords, God. There is nothing greater and nobody greater than you, oh God. And God, that you are the God, God, that can do impossible things, oh God. You are the God of miracles this morning. If someone needs a miracle, you're right now in this place oh god god we are so thankful this morning to be corporately lifting up our voices to give you glory oh god god to know your name jesus jesus no sweeter name oh god god we are so grateful this morning oh god we're grateful god that you would allow us god to go into your word oh god that you would speak to our hearts oh god to bring us to a higher place to a more stronger place oh god oh god why church god because you are the head of the church oh god you are the head of this body oh god and because you are the head of this body god we know we win oh god we know we got the victory oh god we know this morning oh god that all things are well all things are well all things are well because you are our head oh god the joy of the lord is our strength this morning oh god we come into 2016 oh god praising and worshiping you god remind ourselves of that how you bought us over and over and over and over and god you will bring us over again god we are grateful in jesus name our trust is dead on strong in jesus name we pray amen 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 all I want is you, God. All I want is you. And so this morning, I'm going to get ready. Uh, I just want to read. What I'm, when I get up, so don't think I forgot to dismiss you. I'm not forgetting to dismiss you so everybody will know. Something the Lord planted in my heart is that as we go back, so we can be a lot of times, um, I believe the word of God. God wants everyone to get that word. God will give you a synopsis of that word so you can take it back with you and so that we're all on the same uh, same page of how God has taken the church. Amen. So I am thankful and I'm looking at this year to be one of the most powerful years of my life. I'm speaking that over my life. I don't know about y'all. I'm speaking that over my life. That this will be one of the most powerful years of my life. 
that I will see God manifested in ways that I've never seen him manifested in my life before. I will see me conquer things that I have not conquered before this year. I'm speaking that over my life. I will go into territory that before had me afraid, but this year God is going to give me the courage to go in and take back those things that the devil has stolen from me. I'm speaking that over my life. 2016 is going to be a powerful year. That thing that held me down will not hold me any longer. Amen? There's some freedoms. I've been set free in many areas, but there's some freedoms that I still need. And this year I claim them. How about you? This year, you got to speak this over your life. Amen? I'm not going into this year nonchalant. I'm not going in this year, case Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. No, I'm going into this year, and I'm claiming things over my life. I'm speaking things over my It's not whatever shall be, shall be. I am speaking God's word over my life. That's what shall be. Amen? Nothing else. And so this year, I've been looking into our, our uh, just constantly going into years, and we're finding ourselves into years in same kind of stuck in a rut. There's places, as Pastor David was calling us up, there are places that we are still in that place. Still have the same attitude, still have the same fear, still have uh, the same addiction, still have the same habit. And I'm not talking, it's year after year after year after year after year. And I was reading the Bible the, uh, last week, and we're going through Matthew, and something just hit my spirit in such a big way. And when it hit my spirit, it brought a determination into my spirit that that's not how we have to live. See, it seems like the enemy would tell you or we have heard that daily we are in a warfare and that the enemy is warring with us all day long. But there was something in the Bible that, so we get this tendency that I have to war all day. All day I'm warring. But I looked at this scripture and one of the scriptures, and this is not my theme scripture, but before you go back, I want our children to know you don't have to war all day long, okay? And even David had rest. The Bible says in the chapter that even David, our king, you know, David the king had rest from wars, okay? There was wars all in the land, wars, but even David the king, he had rest. And now if he could have natural rest from wars, we should be able to have spiritual rest from wars, okay? And so this morning, I, when... Before you leave and take the kids back, I want you to say this. Tell Satan to go. Tell Satan to go. Why is he still talking? You'll get the understanding. Tell Satan to go. Tell Satan to go. Why is he still talking? There's many times we say, Satan, go. Satan depart, but he's still talking. Why is he still talking? Go to your classroom and try to answer that question. I'll give you the answer if you don't find out at the end of this session. Okay? Amen. Children are dismissed. Amen? Why is he still talking? Satan, get out of my marriage. Get out of my head. Why is he still talking? Okay. I said, what in the world is she talking about? Okay. First, we'll start off with my theme verse. It says Matthew 4 and 11. This is this these five words excite me, excited me this week. 
I'm so excited. Okay. So it says in Matthew 4 and 11, these first five words, 4 and 11, y'all hear me? Did I say the right thing? Four and, I'm so excited. So I'm like, I don't want to mess up what God is doing right now. Just calm your little self down. Okay, here we go. Then the devil leaveth him. I don't know what. Could you guys just imagine if the devil left you? Left you and left you alone? That's how y'all would react and respond? Sam said, whew. And everybody else said, could that actually happen? Yes, it can. Then the devil leaveth him. And after they leave him, behold, the angels come and ministered unto him. Not only did the devil leave, but angels came. Woo. I don't know what's going on up in here, but not only did the devil leave, but angels came and they ministered to him. We'll get it in another minute. Okay, we'll get it. Let's go, let's go above that, okay? So let's go Matthew 4 and we'll start. At the first verse. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 nights. Some of us understand what the fasting is, but not completely like this because he had, he didn't even get vegetables. Okay? He had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Okay? He was afterward a hunger. A vulnerable time. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. And I'm reading like that because I don't think he talked to him passively. All right? Then the devil taketh him up into, into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, This is the part I like, you guys, right here. Okay. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence. Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And after he said, Get thee hence, what's the next thing that happened? The devil leaveth him. And behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. Uh, I'm going to, this is going to be kind of a little bit funny, but Joyce, I need you to. Joyce, can you come here for a minute? I wanted to get it up on the screen. I don't know if I can get it up on the screen, but um, if I can't, she's going to have to read it off my paper. And Joyce, Joyce, I'm putting you on the spot. So if it's, if it's not, um, come here. You'll see in a minute. Okay. 
So, in other versions, it says, Jesus said in the Amplify, be gone, Satan. I like that because it kind of like advantage to, you know, be gone, out of here. Okay, I like that. Okay, okay. Y'all work with me this morning, all right? We are the children of the Most High God, and we get to tell Satan, get, get out of our face. I don't know about y'all, and he has to leave. And he has to leave. Stop talking to me. Why are you still here? That's what, Why are you still talking to me? See, that, that's what he was saying right there. Be gone. And he was gone. But we say be gone and he's still in our face. And I want to ask us, why is he still talking to us? Okay. So, in the NLT it says, get out of here, Satan. Okay. In, in the New King, New King James Version it says, away with you, Satan. And in the African version, I don't know if you can read it. Can you read it? Yes, right here. Right there. Read it and see if you can read it. And then I want you to say it like I know Joyce to say it emphatically. Okay, right here. Yes. There we go. I want to know that in every language, in every language, thank you, baby, sit down. In every language, we can tell Satan to go. Said in every language, no matter what our language is, we have the right to tell Satan to be gone. To be gone. I don't know. When I was sitting there reading it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Me not excite y'all. Maybe not had much warfare as I've had this week, okay? So if the warfare made me excited, you getting up out of my face. All right? You getting up out of my face. And I mean you seriously getting up out of my face. See, we, we, we're passive. We can be like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Satan be gone. And Satan is just laughing at us. He's still up all in our face. He got to three times, okay, he tempted David. I tempted David. Three times he tempted Jesus. When Jesus got through with it, what did he say? Enough is enough. Is somebody here in this morning got enough is enough in your spirit? I'm saying, are you sick and tired of the enemy whispering things in your head, telling you things, trying to tell you who you're not, trying to tell you who, what you can't have, trying to fool you into worshiping him, and I'll give, he has nothing to give us, but he tries to act like, are you tired of it? I mean, are you tired of it? I hear you. I hear you, Brother Moss. I hear you. Are you tired of it? I said, we're, how we talk to the enemy is probably how you're talking back to me. Are you tired of it? Sick and tired of it. Elizabeth, are you tired of it? Are you tired of his whispering in your ear and telling you things? You want to come out of something, and he's reminding you of your family history and how everybody's in your family being in that. He's with you. Can never do this. You can't overcome. Are you tired of it? We. Why are you still talking? And I, as I sat there and I asked that, God was saying, "It shouldn't be that he gets to talk to us like that. It shouldn't be that." He wears us out to the point that we are broken and giving in. It should not be like that. The only problem with Eve is she stayed talking to him long, too long. She held a conversation.
emotions. She rationalized and reasoned. There's no rationalizing and reasoning with the enemy. You just give him the it is written. And then you tell him to be gone. But a lot of times we're Eve stood there too long. Come on. And we are allowing the enemy to stay in our ear too long. Too long. Everybody said too long. We're allowing him and God is saying, in 2016, you guys, if we want to have some victory, and we're talking about major, I'm talking about extreme victory. Extreme victory. Not what I want to see, want to want to see down the road, but what I am claiming for now. Because God is a now God. Now faith. Today faith. Today something can change. Today something can be healed. Today something can be delivered. Today something. Come on, today. He's a now. I'm not continuing to say one day, one day in the far, far away. No, today something can change in my life. Why is he still talking? As Jesus spoke the written word of God in power and authority. Let's get the as Jesus spoke the written word in power and authority. Okay? Satan had to retreat. He had to. What word in you will make Satan retreat? What word in you is so powerfully in you that has went past your hearing, okay, into your heart to to the point that you can powerfully apply it. We have a lot of scriptures that we can say, 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 repeat, say. They've been memorized, and we say them. But when it comes time to faithfully apply them, every word of God is active. It's alive. It does not go out void. It's going out to accomplish something. But I, as the person that's speaking the word, must believe that the word is going out to accomplish something. If I have no faith in the word that I'm speaking, I will see no accomplishment in the word. And I will begin to start doubting the word. That's what Christians do a lot, is because we spoke the word so long without seeing any manifestation of the word. Now we begin to doubt the word. But we need to believe the word. Believe it as we give it, as we speak it. I'm believing. I have an expectation. This word is alive and active. It is about to do just what God said. I don't even have to look back. I know that it has done what God said. But until we get to that place and that level in our faith, the enemy doesn't have to retreat. He doesn't have to retreat on something you don't believe. And he, it's almost like you walking up and having a fight with somebody and you coming up and they know you as scared as I. <laughs> they know you scary. They know you scared. I'm, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. They, come on. They know they don't have to do anything because they know you don't believe in yourself, first of all. You don't believe that you're going to win the fight. So they know I don't even have to do nothing to this person. I can just say boo. And many times the enemy don't really have to put no hard trial on us. <laughs> all they got to do is say boo. And we down on the ground. We running like we're crazy. So he, 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 didn't, he didn't even put nothing hard on us because he knows we don't have nothing substantial within us. And so he knows we don't have nothing that we can fight back with. He is going. Now, remember, the enemy is like this. He is a deceiver. And he's going to come against. What time did he come in, in uh, Jesus' life was when Jesus was vulnerable, when he had been. That's how he comes. That's, come on, everybody, that's how he comes. That's just how he comes. 
you can expect on your weekday, your lonely day, your, you know, broke day. Your, he's coming. Amen. If you're not sure up in the word, he's coming. Amen. In Matthew uh, 22 and 29, Jesus was talking to the, to the people and the disciples. And he said this, you do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. There is where we err. There, there's, there's our error. There's, there's how we don't win the fight. It says you do err because you don't know the word of God. All right? You don't know your Bible, and you don't know the power of God. He, he gives us a word, but he also lets us know he has the power to bring that word to pass. And if we don't know the power of God, we err because we're kind of hoping and wishing that God God, I hope you do this. God, I hope you move this way. God, instead of knowing God will do it. And sometimes we don't know that he will do it for us. That when the enemy knows that he, is, he has confronted a spirit of rejection, he already knows. And you have not got that rejection thing under control. He knows that all that he has to do is whisper in your, in your ear that God doesn't love you. That there's something wrong with you. That, 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 that uh, you're not as good as God says you are. Because that spirit of rejection, it will grab hold of We've got to get that spirit of rejection delivered out of our lives. And we've got to believe what God says about us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are his sons and we are his daughters. You know, it's, it's, it's almost a habit. I thank God for my um, son. Because for me, it's almost a habit that, that God lets me see that there are times where I'll look and I'll see something and I'll think that you're, you're against me. Not, not against me, but something like I'm doing something stupid. I can just look at your face and, and the enemy goes, see, there you go. Now you're you talking stupid. Now your words are crazy. Now all those kind of things. Those kind of things are the, are the whispering of the enemy. And because there is a sense of, of insecurity in who I am, there are many times that I will take on that, that what the enemy has said with not giving him back anything that God has, you know, it is written. And remember this, I've got a lot of it, it is written in my pantry. I want you all to understand that. But if I don't pull it out, if the enemy knows that I'm not going to pull it out, if the enemy knows that he can, he can give me a can of mush when I got a can of green beans, and I'm not going to pull it out. He's going to give me the mush. Do you understand what I'm saying? And he's going to keep giving me the mush until I pull out the green beans. Well, the th same thing is with God. If the enemy knows that in there is some area that you have not stamped that word on it, you have not accepted that word as truth, as life, that's where he's coming. That's exactly where he's coming. It says in uh, Luke 10 and 19, this is what God says he has given us. Behold, I have given you authority and power. Behold, I've given you, me, you, us, his children, authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power of the enemy. Over all, this is what he said to us. This is what we got to get in our spirit. This is the Amplified Bible. He says over all the power that the enemy possesses. There is no power that the enemy has that God hasn't given us spiritual authority and power over it. No power. There's nothing the enemy has that we don't have authority over it. But we have that to say it is a good thing. To say it. But we've got to get it in our spirit 
that there is nothing that he can come against us with that we don't have the power over it. And he says, and nothing in any way shall harm you. How many of us are afraid of harm and looking for danger and wondering what's going to come and who's going to hurt us? But it says right here that, God, I've given you power over that. I've given you power. First of all, he said, I haven't given you the spirit of fear. I'm giving you the spirit of fear because the enemy comes and whispers in our ear fearful things. And if we're not careful, we don't turn around and say, it is written, God hasn't given me this spirit of fear, but a power of love in a sound mind. That's what's written, and that's what I receive, and that's what I walk on. Be gone, Satan. Be gone. That's vanquished. Be gone. You're not talking to me about this anymore. We're not having a conversation about this anymore. You're not reasoning about me. You're not trying to make me feel condemned. I said that the word of God says it is written. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a self and walk away. Sometimes, you know, just walk away. Be gone, Satan. And walk away. You know, uh, many times we got in a fight. Why? Because we just didn't walk away. Got ourselves beat down because we could have walked away. But we did not walk. And now we got, got out to some place where it's more difficult and we don't have enough strength and power. Say what the Lord says and walk away. All right? Be gone, Satan. Come on, somebody say, be gone. I'm telling y'all, you're going to hear this week in your spirit. Be gone. Amen? You know, for some of us, I, 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 I look around and I think that most of us know who Satan is. Uh, sometimes I think that uh, even in the world there's a lot of people that don't, don't think there's a devil, okay? But there is a devil, okay? There is a devil, and he's a smooth operator, amen? He's a smooth operator. And the Bible says in Revelation 12 and 9 that Satan comes as an angel of light. He comes as, you know how... We are the light, and Jesus is the light. But it says Satan comes as. That means that he, he knows how to pretend. He knows how to deceive. And if we are not shored up in the word, he can, the word of God said he can deceive his very elect. So unless you know how smooth he can, and that we don't have time not to be serious about the word of God. We don't have time to be playing and not getting in the word of God. Because this smooth operator, he knows how to come against us in the areas that we don't have a short word. It says the Bible says Satan comes as an angel of light, as one who is attractive. You know how we try to make him looking all ugly, the angels looking all ugly and scary. And that's why we get fooled, because when something pretty and handsome comes up to us, we all caught up in the outward appearance. I'm telling you right now, the, the, the devil doesn't come just like that. He doesn't come in an ugly way. He doesn't come in a way that you, it would be different if he came up to us today and said, you know what, Sam? Today I'm going to make you renounce Jesus Christ. That's what I came to do, to make you renounce your Lord and Savior Christ. Today I'm going to make you curse God. And he don't come like that. He came like that, we would understand how he was coming. But he's going to come in smooth, and he's going to come in slick and, and ask you, does your God love you? Sam, does he really love you? Why would you lose your job? if God, See, he's going to come smooth and, and sneaky, and, 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 we, and we're rationalizing him with, with him and wait, instead of saying, hold up, wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 what are you saying? How does that line up with the word of God? How does that line up with what I know about my God? How does that line up with the attributes of God? How does that line up with the written word? We're too quick that when he talks, we're too 
quick to let our emotions and our feelings lead us instead of the word of God leading us. Our emotions jump up, and when our emotions, we get all caught up in our emotions and our feelings, and we don't say, hold up, stop, wait a minute, before I get mad, sad, and upset, we let our emotions come first. Before I get mad, sad, wait, 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 wait. let me see if there's any truth here. Let me see if there's any truth according to the word here. I'm not going to, it says that God said he doesn't want us no longer tossed to and fro like children. He doesn't want us to be like that. He wants us to be sure of his children get emotional. Children get upset. Children fly off the handle. Children have tantrums. Children start, he, she, he, me. Children are like that. But God is saying, no, I don't want you tossed back and forth. I want you to know the word of God. So how is the devil working on you? So how is the devil? Somebody said, he ain't working on me, okay? What does he have? <laughs> I know how our flesh can be. So I, 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 I always know that when God brings a word, it's because God knows what we need, all right? So what does he whisper in your ear? Because he whispers to all of us, amen? He whispers to all of us. I guess, you know, I wrote, he doesn't usually come and say, listen, Christian, renounce your faith, curse God, come join me in hell for eternity. One of you, come join me in hell. He don't come like that. He don't even make you think about hell. Amen? Crazy people out there think that they say that, you know what, if, if I'll, I'll just do what I do and go to hell. But they have no understanding of what they are saying. Amen? No, that would be just a little bit too obvious if he said it like that. Rather, he comes in those convincing tones. Listen, Christian, you're, you're God's child, aren't you? And God should want what's best for you, children, shouldn't he? Come on. So if there's something you want, something you want to do, you should be able to do it. And you should be able to get it. Because after all, you are God's sons and daughters. Within reason, of course, he talks to us. At first, he doesn't let us see it as no big sin that we're about to encounter, amen? He says, and even if you do make a mistake, how do we do this? And even if I do make a mistake, God's been gracious and good to me. He will forgive me. And he tells us, he will forgive you even if you make a mistake. So just do what you want. Don't listen to that other voice that's in your ear. Do what you want to do. Amen? Just go for it. Go for it. That's how Satan is. Just go for it. You deserve that. He doesn't let us ever go back to you. De- words like you deserve that. That's what he does to us. You deserve that. And we don't go back and say, wait a minute, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. Does this line up with God's word? Or but you deserve it. Go get it. Go get it. God will forgive you. You are God's child after all. In James 4 and 7, it says this. So be subject to God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him. And he will, not maybe, will. Oh, what verse did I give you the wrong verse? 4 and 7? Is that the wrong one? Oh, it's correct. Okay. And he will flee from you. Okay? And he will flee from you. He will. Not maybe. Not. why. That's why he's still talking. That's why I said. Because God gave us a word that says 
he will flee. So why are you still talking to me? Why are you still in my face? It's not because God's word is wrong. It's not because God's a liar. There's something wrong with how I am engaging the enemy. That's why he's still in my, the rules of engagement, I don't have it right. I have the wrong rules of engagement. Why are you still talking to me? And we need to turn around and be saying, wait a minute, what, what is going on? Why are you still in my face? Why are you still talking to me? God said, if I resist you, you would flee. So something's not wrong with God's word. Something's not wrong with God's promise. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong in me. Either I don't have the right understanding I don't have faith, one or the other. I don't have faith that when I tell you to flee, that you must go. Resist comes from a Greek word meaning to take a complete stand against our our contrary position. And it means that I am refusing to be moved. So when it says resist the devil, it means, devil, no matter what you bring up against me, I refuse to be moved from the written word of God. No matter how good you make it look, I refuse to be you know, moved from the word of God. I'm standing firm like a tree planted by the rivers of the water. The rivers of the water is the word. And if we're planted by the rivers of the water, y'all, it will bring forth the word of God that will bring forth fruit in our lives. But if we're not planted by the waters, we kind of dry up and we wither. And the enemy notes the signs of withering. You can see a plant when it doesn't have enough water, right? You know that that plant, is, that plant is in crisis. It needs some water. Well, the enemy knows when we're in crisis and we have not got enough water. God keeps inviting, hold everyone that thirsts, come ye to the water. But a lot of times we don't come to the water until we're bone dry. And the enemy knows already that we are in crisis. He knows that we are weak. He knows that we are dehydrated. He said, oh, this is a good time to get them. Oh, this is a good time to come up against them. But God wants us to know that he wants us to be prepared. And that means staying in the water of the word so that when the enemy comes, I want to have rest. See, I want to have, I want to have fought the war. When I look in the Bible, And I don't know if you guys, there's very few times where Satan himself talked to Jesus. You don't see it at everyday occasion. You just don't. You don't see him talking to Jesus every day like he did personally Satan talking to Jesus. There was times where Satan came out the mouth of man, but the spirit of Satan himself like there, there's that time we see that he did it, okay? Then we see that when he was in the garden, there was Satan right there, okay? Then we see um, the only other time that I, I actually saw him talking was uh, when he talked through Peter, and Peter was denied, was upset about him having to die. And so Peter was trying to say, surely, Lord, you're not going to die. And he knew that that was Satan talking to him because Satan was trying to derail his purpose. And so people think that he was, he was rebuking Peter, but he was rebuking Satan who was being allowed to talk through Peter. Amen? But I don't see every day him having a conversation like we do sometimes all day long. I, he got a rest. You guys, God, God told me that to tell you there's a Sabbath day rest 
from the enemy working on us and talking to us. And that rest is in the written word. The more word that we get on board, why do we come to church? Why do we come to Bible studies? Why do we do devotionals at home? Because the more written word I got in my spirit, the more word that I have, the enemy don't want to come up against me. Once he comes up against me, he knows that I'm going to throw the word back on him. And he goes, i I, I got to go to somebody else. i got to mess with somebody else. Because she has the artillery and the ammunition. she got big guns. she got big guns. And that's the word of God. And what God is saying is that when we, sometimes the enemy has worn us out, made us weary tormented us all night long and we wake up we go to bed tormented by his thoughts wake up to his thoughts in the day we're muddling over what he's told us at work muddling over what he has told us all right we can't even sit down and rest our mind is woo 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 over what the devil has told us god said that should not be so we need to get a rest and the rest comes from the written word and we stand up as mighty soldiers to have an arsenal of word in us. And not just the word. Remember I said not just on your shelf. you got to have that word to the point that you know how to pull that word out. And you know how to give that word. All right? It's not just something that, you know, sometimes when the devil comes, we're going to probably be just looking for, you know, sometimes, well, sometimes your pantry's. Some of y'all really organized. But sometimes my pantry is really unorganized, okay? So I need some corn, okay? But I haven't put my cans in order. So what I got to do is what? I have to, so I'm looking all through that. Why are you doing all that? The enemy done beat you upside your head. See what I'm saying? God is saying, come on, you got to get it in order. You, you got to know your word. I, you can't be sitting up there saying, I think I have some corn. You trying to make something today. You trying to make a meal that demands corn. But you standing at the pantry going, I, think, I, think, I thought I had some corn. I think I have some corn. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. A, and then there ain't no corn. So you have nothing to do that what you what you plan to do. Well, that's the same way. Sometimes we're thinking we got a word on board. We're thinking we have a word on board. But the word went into our ear and out the other ear and it never resonated in our heart. So when the enemy comes up against us in that situation, we're bundling through. Say, well, I think I think I have a word for that. I think it, no, we must have a word. And you know what God told me? Our word that we must have. Many times we are reading many, many things, okay? There's so many books. There's so many books. And there's, and there's so many chapters in the Bible, okay? But one thing that can help you, the enemy's coming to your weak place. And it's usually we read for somebody else. I got a lot of word, I can tell my husband, in the area that I think he needs to come up in. And when I'm reading, I can go, ooh, 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 that's wrong. But the devil's not coming to me because of Pastor David's weakness. He's coming to me because of mine. So if I'm a liar, I need to be studying the word about liars. I need to because, see, the enemy's sure going to bring it up to condemn you, all right? If I'm, a, if I'm, I'm, I'm weak in my faith then I need to be studying about faith. 
if, if, if I'm weak in my body, if I'm weak, I mean, wherever your weakness is, if I'm weak in my body, I need to get some scriptures on board that when the enemy tells me, Linda, you're going to die. Linda, you're going to die. They said, they said that poison is going all through your body. I can get the scripture on the board that said, but it is written. The Lord said, I shall live and I shall not die. But if I don't get that, if I don't have that, when the, when the doctors or the report comes, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have nothing but fear. I'm gonna, oh, my God, oh, my God. But God said, where your weakness is, you guys, that's where we need to hone in. Where is my weakness? What is stopping me? What is holding me back? What do I keep falling down in? Go right there and begin to eat that word and begin to grab that word and get strength from that word so that when the enemy comes, you got to, it is written. It is written. When the enemy tells you you can't, you're always feeling weak, and you're always feeling like you can't do something. Don't, don't just accept that. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it, but don't accept it. Don't accept See, we got to fight that thing that keeps fighting us. Acknowledge it, but don't accept it. You are, you, every, every time you turn around, you're falling down, but, and, and, and you're feeling weak, and you're feeling out of sorts. Lord, what do you say about that? Because the enemy's going to use that against me. So I'm going to go to the word that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when the enemy comes and says, you know, count, here you go again. You try to do something, you're going to fall down. You can turn around. It is written. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you know what? Even in that, you guys, have, you're going to have to believe that word. I, I can pull out the can of I can do all things, but if I don't open up that can and see the meaning of that, the meat of that, I just have a can with a label on it. I've got to open that can, and I've got to see what that means. What does that mean? I can do all things. And don't stop, because then you go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell the devil I can do all things. Okay, don't stop right there, because it didn't stop right there. It says, I can do all things. How? I can do all things through Christ. In and of myself, I'm going to get a beat down. But I can do all things through Christ. He's the one that strengthens me. He's the one that enables I've got to get an understanding of that. I've got to get that on board right. I've got to get that on board correct. Because some people get it on board wrong. They stop at, I can do all things. Come on, devil. We have some people. Come on, devil. Come on. Come on up to me if you want to. Okay? And he's coming. Because he knows there's a lot of pride there. You can't do nothing if he comes up to you in and of yourself. It's I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes we are flowing in the spirit of pride. And I, I really want y'all to get this. We are flowing in the spirit of pride. And because of this, there seems to be no lasting rest from that warfare. Again, I said even David had seasons of rest from war. The verse that lets you know that is in 2 Samuel 7 and 1. It says, when King David dwelt in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies. He had been fighting and fighting. There's different versions. But he gave him rest from all your enemies. I don't know why that makes me feel excited. He gives me rest from all my surrounding enemies. I don't know. A rest. You know, I don't even have to be thinking about it. He has given me rest. That makes me happy. It says this. We're flowing in the spirit of pride. Now remember this. Sometimes it says resist 
the enemy, and he will flee from you. But let me give you a point, a really important point. It says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So sometimes you're not winning at resisting the enemy because God is resisting you. You're proud. You're proud and you're arrogant and you're haughty. And you're wondering, why am I not being able to re- God is resisting you. God said, I resist the proud. Come on. I resist the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. So when I go into this, I've got to be, when I go into warfare, I've got, I've got to drop that pride so that God will be on my side. If God's not on my side, there's no use of me even going into warfare with the enemy. I've already lost. But many of times we go into warfare with the enemy without God. Not, not, not by our power, says the Lord God, but by his spirit. By his spirit. How many times we rush in without the spirit of God anywhere? I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad. I need, I'm mad at her. I'm mad at her. And I'm going to rush in and I'm going to fight this battle in my strength and in my anger. No. And now, can, can you imagine that? You can't, re- God is resisting you and the enemy's coming against you. You all fit. And God wants us to be humble. Father, I need thee. Lord, I need thee. Lord, oh, I need thee, God. As I go into this warfare, as I go into this confrontation, as I go into this place of trouble where they, I need you, God. I need you every minute, every hour, God. Not one second can I do anything without you. I need you, God. And when we do that, when we humble ourselves, and say, now God is coming to our assistance. And he almost said, you know, stand back, daughter. Stand back. I got this. I got this. I, the, the, the real warfare is me humbling myself. The real warfare is me submitting to God. The real warfare is me bowing myself down and saying, God, has, that's the real. The devil shouldn't be the warfare. The real warfare is making sure that I am in right standing order with my father so that he can do the work that he wants to do through me. Amen? We'll be fighting a heavy war. We're fighting against God and Satan. I want God to be on my side. In James 4, 6 through 8, it says, Or do you suppose that the scripture, if it's in the Amplified, James 4, 6 through 8, or do you suppose that the scripture is speaking to no purpose that says, the spirit whom he has caused to dwell in us yearns over us, and he yearns for the spirit to be welcomed with a jealous love. God's Holy Spirit yearns over us. And he yearns for his spirit, his spirit, to be so welcome that we kick every other spirit out. He yearns that he would be preeminent. He would be above all. He yearns for that because he knows that when we put him first, we win. He's yearning for that, you guys. He's yearning that we would bow our whole selves and our whole circumstances down to him. It says this, but he gives us more and more grace. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said, thank you, Jesus. He gives us more and more grace, power of the Holy Spirit, to meet this evil tendency and all others, this evil tendency to feel like I can do things all by myself. That is why he says God sets himself against the proud, 
and haughty, but gives grace continually to the lowly, continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. Continued grace. Don't you want that? Continued grace to those who are humble enough to receive it. So be subject to God. And many times we have preached this, and we say that we got that verse, resist the devil, and he will flee. Resist the devil, and he will flee. But you got to see what's before that, resist the devil. How can I resist the devil? It says, so be subject to God before it says resist the devil. Don't try resisting the devil and you're not subject to God. Be subject to God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him and he will flee from you. Another thing he says, come close to God and he will come close to you. Come on. Recognize that you are sinners. Get your soul, hands clean. Realize that you have been disloyal. God doesn't want us to be double-minded, okay, that have divided interests. And he tells us next in that, purify your heart. So when I go before the enemy, these are the things that I have to do. To resist the devil, if you've got your pencil and pen, I need you to write this. The first thing is that you have to live a life of humility. Live a life of humility. That's how you're going to resist the devil, Okay. The second thing is you have to stay submitted. Stay submitted to God. In verse 7, what did it say? So be subject to God. Next, to resist the devil, you have to draw nigh to God. The nearer you live to God, come on, the more difficult it is for the devil to harass you. The nearer you live to God. Then you got to wash your hands. Wash your hands. This is talking about repenting of sinful con- conduct. You can't go up and try to resist the devil and you've been used by the devil. Okay? When Satan casts out Satan, you have to purify your heart. If we continue on with unrepentant sin in our lives, we don't even have a secure foundation with which to resist the enemy. Remember that. Don't walk around with unrepentant sin, you guys. Don't walk around with sin in your life. Purify, because the enemy knows that sin. He's coming right there. Everything done in the darkness comes to the light. And why it does that? Because the, sin, the enemy wants to mock you in the first place. And so he keeps you in the dark long enough to keep you long enough that when he brings it out, you know what I'm saying? You're in there so long, it's hard to get out. But if you, we would just purify ourselves every time we come before the throne of grace. Father, today I have sinned. Father, help me right now. Lord, I am sorry, not with just my mouth, but I'm going to turn from my wicked ways. Turn from my w- wicked ways means stop doing that thing. I'm sorry. A lot of us are sorry, but we're sorry we got caught. We're not sorry that that sin has affected our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And, God, and because we're not to that kind of sorrowful heart, God, this has affected my relationship with you. You hate sin. And Father, I have trespassed against your heart. We don't have that heartfully sorry. We just, I got caught. And I'm sorry I got caught. And I'm sorry maybe people in the church know I got caught. And I'm sorry this might have did something to expose my family or my kids. I got caught kind of sorry. But God, 
that won't make you turn from your wicked ways. That won't. God said when we become heartfully sorry and we repent before him and we acknowledge this is a sin that hurts and trespasses the word of God, the heart of God, and I never want to do it again, oh, Father. Then we will find ourselves being pure when we, the enemy has nothing to attack when we go like that. But he attacks us when we have these secret sins. They're just secret. And we're going to do it again. And we know we're going to do it again. But to save face in front of people, we're, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, God. Well, sorry out of the mouth should be sorry out the life. They should both be married to one another. My lips and what I say with my lips should be married to my actions. Should not be confused. We must actively seek to eliminate Satan's way of thinking and believing in our life, you guys. Actively, actively. That means, how do I actively do that? I go to the Word of God. I open up my ears. I write down what's being said. I go back home and study it because I'm actively seeking to eliminate the devil thoughts, the world mindset. The world mindset is not just walking out of your life. It's not just going to walk out, okay? It's going to have to be worded out. It's going to have to be the written word. It's going to have to come on, and it's going to have to cancel out everything that you've learned in the world. You have to have a renewing of your mind. And God wants us, our minds to be renewed, you guys, because there's so many things that's on board that's stopping us. I don't know. This year, you've got to make a determination. God has great things for us to do. He has wonderful things that we are still... If we were finished with our work, you guys, he'd take us on home. When we're done with our work, he'll take us on home. But we're here because we have great work to yet do for the Lord. And in that great work, the enemy knows that we have great work, and he comes up in opposition against the destiny that's on our life. And we are going to have to have the written word that continues to propel us into the things of God so that we can accomplish those things that God has called us to do. We have to get serious about the word. You got to get serious about the word of God. Get serious. You know, there's classes that I've taken, and even when I was nurse in, in my nursing classes, there are some classes that were so boring. I just thought, if they don't shut up, the teacher didn't speak right. The teacher did not interest me. So I'm an animated person, so if you talk in a grown way, I'll just be like, God, can you please? And so... But that didn't stop. What that didn't stop is, it does, see, and what we are, we, we're kind of like that. The, the church world has got into the height of preaching and teaching, and, and, and we, want our, we want our ministers and we want our pastors to put on a drama for us and a show, and we, and we want them to, you know, you know, talk right and intelligent before I listen. And we got all these prerequisites before I hear. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I would have flunked that class if I didn't hear from that vessel that was teaching me. I had to grow up and get mature and say, you know what? This vessel has something to teach me about going in there and emptying the catheter bag. And if I don't hear how to empty that catheter bag, I'm going to go in and I'm going to mess somebody up because I'm sitting up here talking about I don't like the way she talks. It's not interesting enough. The word of God is life, you guys. It is life. And it's something that we should stir this body up and stir our ears up and say, God, i got to hear you today. I don't care how it comes, God, but I need you to hear because how can I live if I don't get this word? And I might not get to 
here, Pastor Linda, say, stay out the street. TDJs might say it in a most poetic, uh, readable way, story way. And you might, oh, I'm getting out the street. Pastor Linda might say, get out the street. And you say, man, she, she yelled too much. I don't like the way. Just stay your behind in the street. Yeah, I'm just seeing what God's telling me to do. We as God's people, we got to love the word. 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 No matter where it comes from, if it's on a sign, if it's on a poster, we got to love the word. And God don't have to put all these frills around. When we was, when we was in Israel, the one thing that I thought I, I noted in Israel when we went into the synagogue was I was like, Americans, Americans would have a fit. The American church, we probably wouldn't go to church. When we was, they don't, they don't have dance. They don't have, uh, the choir's not up there singing. They don't have all these extra things that we need. They have the word. And somebody's just standing up there, and they're just simply reading the word. Amen. Next Sunday. The word. There's none of that stuff that we have to do in America to, you know, get people to come to church. Do you have, people, the first thing they ask is, do you have a good praise and worship team? Do you have a dance team? Do you have a good choir? Do you have a nursery? Do you have, all these things that we're, we're consumers that walk around seeing if I'm going to buy into that if it has something for me. But it has something for you. It has something better than all that. It has the word of the living God. And the only way we get people to come now, when we're in our, when our, in our meetings, a lot of times we're trying to figure out how to get people to come to church. Oh, maybe if we, we do a movie on the first Sunday. Maybe if we have an active. In Israel, in Israel, you guys, the word is enough. The word is enough. There's all these people sitting and the man saying, the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And some of them are speaking in another, whatever language they're speaking. They're spe- that's it. And everyone's sitting there, sitting there, enjoying the word. Guys, please. That's why we can't say what is written because if it hasn't been presented in an entertaining way, sometimes we can't grasp it. But that's children that you have to entertain. Children are who you're always thinking about. Oh, they're so bored. I need to get them. A, I, I need to get them a lap pad or whatever you want to call them. I need to get find a TV channel. I need it because they're just bored. You know, children are who we have to do that to. We got to find something to entertain you because you're just so bored. So we're constantly thinking, adults, they realize the value. They realize the value of the word, and the word is what's going to keep me. The word, you can take all this frill away, God, but I need the word. When I go home today, ain't nobody going to be dancing. When I go home today, ain't no praise worship team coming in that house with me. When I go home today, I will, and that thing comes up against me, what I'm going to need is the word. I better have some words. I better have some words. Because if I don't have no word, that enemy is going to demolish me. Come on. He will come and devour us, God. God knows if we don't 
love the word. Love the word. You guys love the word. You know, sometimes this, this, this. I love that scripture, and I buffet my body. Sometimes you got to make this thing. Make it shut up. Sometimes the, the, the enemy is you. Resist you. Not, not resist the devil. Resist you. Come on, and flee from you. Flee from your mindset. Flee from your attitude. Flee from your childishness. Resist you. Sometimes you got to shake this body and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. What time is it? It's time to receive the word of God. Hey, you know what I'm talking about. At home, you're trying to read the word. Anything that has to do with the word. You're trying to pray. What does this body do? I'm sleepy. I'm tired. And, that, and it whispers to you, just, just, get up in the, just get up in the bed and pray. Just get up in the bed and pray. No, and good and well, when you get up in the bed, you're going to sleep. You got to, oh, nobody, nobody, you are not going to stop me from getting the word of God. There's just times I have to get up, go into the office, sit down. I can't just sit in my bed and read the word at night because I know my body's going to, I got to get up, go into that office, sit down, shut everything out, and I got to open the word of God. And I say, you're going to stay here, body. You're going to stay right here until God's finished talking to you, until God finishes. I have to talk to myself like that. Because it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And I've got to let this flesh know, you are not stealing from me, because one day you're going back to the dust, but my soul has to answer to the Most High God. So I'm not going to keep giving in to you. I'm not going to keep leaning towards you, because you don't have to go back. You don't have to lose out. I, my soul, Linda, loses out. I'm going to get the word of God, and I'm going to love the word of God, and I'm going to tell this flesh, you are not going to, you're not going to steal this from me. You're not stealing this from me because this is how I have victory in my life. In first, I'm almost done. In First John, I love this because it says something that, in First John 2 and 14, now what, it says fathers. I really, and I really, you know when the word says father, it means mother. But today, you guys, I don't know why the Lord really is exhorting me to call these fathers from this scripture. I write you, fathers, because you have come to know. Now, he's not talking. Get, get, get this. He's not talking to sinners here. You have come to know. Okay? You have come to know, recognize, be conscious of, and understand him who has existed from the beginning. He's saying, fathers, you know him. Then he says, I write you young men because you are strong and vigorous. And this, that part got me right there. Y'all see the next sentence? And the word of God is always abiding in you and your hearts. This is the condition that, father, that our Heavenly Father wants us to have in our lives the word of God always not just sometimes not just when I need it but the word of God always abiding in you and in your hearts I've been reading this thing and it's just really been affecting me about the fatherless of our net of our nation the fatherless families the fatherless of our nation and and we know there's mothers who have went away and, and, and that that uh brings about its challenges and it hurts 
But I believe that when the Father, when the Father has the Word of God always abiding in their hearts, they will bring about a change to what we know as family, what we know as home, what we know as strong children. When the fathers, fathers, you can't send her to Bible study and you don't go. You can't send her to church and you don't go. You can't be serious about the word of God and they never see you read the word of God. You can't be serious about your walk and the family never sees you pray. I learned from my mom, but I can tell you that I had a father in my home that over us all, mom down to kids, there was the order of putting God first. And it affected all of us. It affected my mom. It affected us. It brought the stress that we need. So, fathers, I'm telling you that in that scripture, he said always. So that just sounds almost like impossible. I'm saying according to what we see of the word of God always abiding. But it can, like you said, through Christ and through the love of his word, it can. We should love God's word more than we love anything or anybody because God's word is what helps us with the anythings and the anybody. God's word is what helps us to have effective relationships, that helps us to have effective children, that helps us to have effective marriages, that helps us to have effective nation, that helps us to have effective nation. God's word, God's word is what does it. His written word. And the problem is with our nation is we don't have enough written word in the hierarchy of our nation and our government. We don't have enough written word because if we had enough written word, the laws that they passed wouldn't be passed. Because when people come talking about their rights, there's no right higher than God's right. And they would turn around and say, it is written. All these laws that they're passing, it would be, it is written. But because they're not walking according to the written word, there are people that get to come in, people. And because the, not even just the president and the cabinet, the Christians. I believe, you guys, in the near future, church is not going to be as usual. And you know why it's not going to be as usual? Because we are believing. If you look at the world right now, six days shall thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. The world is taking every Sabbath and put something on that Sabbath. I don't come to condemn anybody. But I come to say this, you need a Sabbath day rest in your home. And you need to devote a Sabbath day time where you are serving the Lord and you are giving him. It says, and in it thou shalt not do any work. Somebody says that's the Old Testament. That, no, that's God. Because why God, when he wanted us to rest from our labors and enter into his rest so that he can rejuvenate us and revive us and remind us that it's him why we have our jobs. It's him. Everything, if you, I'm just, I'm just being honest. Everything. It used to be, it used to be games weren't on Sunday. Now coaches got games on, I'm just being honest, come on. I, we are going to see a time that everything encroaches into a Sabbath day. 
We look all over the nation, and as me and Pastor go to different places, people are telling us all the time, you ask them. We already had a, we don't have Bible study at our church. We don't have a, we go to church Sunday morning an hour. And there's some people that go, yay, yay, that would mean I have more time for my family. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because some of you guys, I've done been pastoring long enough to know that even when you gave a Sunday off, some of you that got into all kind of ca- crazy stuff with your family where you needed that word. You need a strong word, strong word to come out so that you knew how to be able to interact. You know, some of us are saying, we don't even know how to have family time. We don't even know how to have family devotion. We don't know. Everybody don't even know that. But I'm telling you guys, why does this happen, though? Why does it? There's going to be a time, I'm telling you, Sundays on churches, you're not going to see many cars because people are lovers of pleasure more than they are lovers of and people, I got to go here, and I got to do that, and I got to do this, and this is more important, and that is more important. I'm just going to be honest with you. When our, chil- our children were coming up, I just want to be honest with you. We had seven children, and all our boys was in football, basketball, all the sports. But I guarantee you right now, we let them know from jump. We let everybody know Sunday was not the day. Get us stop our boys from playing one time, not one time, because we made a stand. I was listening to um, uh, celebrities, and I was listening to this one lady that she's looking at the uh, Chick-fil-A place. And she says the reason why is that she goes to Chick-fil-A and she gives her money to Chick-fil-A, that anybody that would honor God above making finances, she would go there and and, and give her finances to. You guys, I think what happens to Christians is we start getting scared. We think God's not going to bless us by... Where is he first? Where is he first? You guys, and, and, and you're here. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm saying let's not let it creep in without us making a stand. If I'm a boss, I'm not making you work. If I'm your boss, your overseer, I'm the one that paid you. I'm not work making you work on Sunday. Because where is our line? Where is our line that says, God, I understand your word. The enemy's going to come and check. Here's what he says. And, and we had to fight with that because your kids are going to come up with that. Well, Daddy, if you don't do that, we never, I can never tell my dad that. But if, if you don't do that, then no one's going to like me, and I'm not going to make it on the team, and, and, and I really want to play football, and this is my world, and this is my heart. We had all that kind of stuff. We knew right then we had to make a stand. Because your heart needs to be Jesus Christ. And I'd rather my children have the heart. In these last and evil days, I'd rather my children have a heart to be able to live and maintain the integrity of God in their life than any game. But I also know this, that God will make a way when you make a stand. Our problem is we don't even make a stand. We don't even say, I'm not going to do this. We don't even say, we don't even, we don't even say, God, you know what? God, if you want me to be at church this Sunday, Father, turn, you said you could turn the heart of a king. Father, when I go to my employee, when I go, Lord, you turn their hearts, oh God. God, if you want me, we don't even do that. We just accepted that if, if I don't do this, I'm going to be fired or I'm not going to have enough income. No. 
it is time for us tonight, this year, to write. I know this ain't very popular right now, but I'm not talking. I'm not trying to do popular sermons this year. I'm doing sermons that the church or the body of Christ will arise, and we know that we will not be asleep till God said the very gates of hell shall not prevail. But you know why it's not going to prevail? Because there are going to be some warriors that are not sitting passively by and letting things be instituted in, and then we just sit there and say, why is there no prayer in school? Because where were you? Why is there no church? Because what did you, what was your input about it? We have to have some, we have to speak, it is written, what is written about the Sabbath day? Would we say that? It is written. I remember when I worked on the base, and I worked in labor and delivery, I, me and another lady that was working there, they did not make me work on Sunday because they knew when I came in, I'm not working on Sunday. When you hired me, if you're going to hire me, I'm not working on Sunday. So I said it from the beginning. I didn't wait till I got on down in there. Now, now I'm scared to say something. I said it from the beginning. Now if this was a God job, it was going to have a God answer for my life. And when I went in there, I didn't have to work on Sunday. They knew it. When they scheduled, she don't work on Sunday. Because they even honor the fact that you, you don't understand this, but sometimes you don't realize how much people honor the fact that you honor your God. And then on the other hand, they take devalue what you devalue. You're devaluing God and, and your Sabbath and your worship, and, and people look at that. So when you try to say, come to church, and do that, they don't have no real value of it because that's how we show people we value it is by how we walk this thing out. We have to have a, it is written for what the enemy is telling us, you guys. He's telling us many things to sabotage the things of God. Now remember, there is no condemnation. You know if you have to work. You know these things. But I challenge you, I challenge you to check and see, God, am I putting you first? And God, is there a way that I could? I just challenge you to do that. That's all I'm saying. I'm just challenging you because God will be on your side because you're saying, I put you, I put you first. Maybe they'll say, no, you, you crazy. You can't have every Sunday off. Maybe they'll say that. But I'll give you two Sundays off. See what I'm saying? I'll give you one Sunday. But God is going to work for us if we stand for him. He's going to work mightily for us if we make a stand for him. Don't you dare forget that. Don't you let the fear of, of economy and the fear of money and the fear of a paycheck make you say, I'm not going to say nothing because they might fire me. You remember, that they didn't hire you, really. There's where our problem is why we can't say it is written that Jehovah Jireh is my provider because we think that they hired us. They did not hire you. God gave you favor. God brought you to that place. God turned their heart towards you. The same God that turned their heart towards you is the same God that can turn another's heart towards you if that heart turns away from you. It's God who hires us. We've got to get into the kingdom thinking instead of the world thinking. In the world thinking, we're saying, they hired me, and they'll fire me. No, in the kingdom, I'm on assignment. 
and I'm not going nowhere until this assignment gets done. Two things. I'm not going nowhere until the assignment gets done or God takes me from here because I won't do the assignment. So I have no spirit of fear because God has me here. And as long as he wants me here, no devil in hell can take me from here. That's what we got to talk to. Come on. No devil in hell. God has promotion comes from who? I got to do this because I won't get a promotion. No. Promotion comes from the Lord. Let the enemy alert. No, you, he'll tell you, no, you can't do that. You can't do Promotion comes from the Lord. And when the Lord wants to promote me, he'll, he'll promote me when he wants to promote me. As long as I'm doing the, I'm not saying you're going to acting crazy, acting irreverent. I'm saying that you're going as a mighty ambassador. And the first person you're bowing down to is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You bow down to him and he will lift you. Humble yourself before the Lord. Lord, this is this. God, I want to do it according to your word. I humble myself, Father. Show me how to do it, and he will allow you to do it. Amen? Thank you, God. Refuse to be intimidated. Everybody say, refuse to be intimidated. Yeah, I say intimidate, huh? Refuse to be intimidated, okay? Refuse to be intimidated because God is on our side. For the word of God, you guys, in Hebrew 4 and 12, remember this, the word of God spoken by faith, not just spoken, okay? Sometimes we're just speaking, but there's no faith with it. The word of God spoken by faith is alive. The word of God is living. It's not no dead word on, on pages. It's not no dead word, you guys. The word of God is alive and is active. It's active. His word wants to take action on our part. Do you understand that? His word doesn't want to just lay on a page, but his word wants to come up out of that page into our heart and take action on our behalf. Every time you speak the word of God, it's taking action. It causes God to come. It causes God to respond. A lot of times we're in the middle of things, and when where is God? You haven't bought a God word. The word, God said he hastens to my fear, my opinion. He hastens to his word. And so as soon as his word comes up out of my mouth with faith in my heart, God hastens to perform that word. Why is he still up in our face? Why is he still talking to us? As we leave today, you guys, if he's in your face, I want you to say, why are you still in my face? What part of it have I not got? Enemy, you're supposed to be fleeing. And you haven't fled yet. There's some part of this word I do not understand or I do not have faith in. Father, help my unbelief. Because this year, the Bible says don't give room to the devil. The Bible says, give him no room. How many, how many agree with me and come into agree? This year, I'm not giving him no room. And if you see me giving him room, tell me I'm giving him room. And come alongside with me so we can resist. Sometimes we get by with help from our friends. Come on. And so sometimes I'm weak and sometimes I'm talking that stuff. 
If you need to come along and say, wait a minute, Pastor Linda, where you're supposed to be resisting the enemy, and he will flee. And I stand with you upon the word of God, and I'm going to remind you of what it is written for this situation so that we can all grow and we can get that devil up out of here because there's some people that need to be delivered. And there's some people that really need to be set free. And there's some strongholds that's tearing up marriages and families and kids that God has wanted to heal a long, long time ago. But we're still rationalizing and talking with the enemy. And God wants us to turn around and let him know, be gone. This year, you're gone out of that. You're gone out from that addiction. You're gone from that trouble in my family. Be gone. This year, I want new trouble. I don't know. I get tired of the same old. I'm saying when you're in the same old place, don't you get tired? Sometimes it makes me cry. God, I shouldn't be here. I don't know if anybody else has ever felt that. I shouldn't be here, God. I shouldn't still be here. I shouldn't still be getting upset over that or, 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 or ready to give up. On, I should, Lord, you've been too good. You're too great. Help me right now. But this year we have to make a determination as you stand, guys.